0: The JT and Looney Podcast, Episode 90, powered by Bet Online. The month of July is sizzling with hot sports action, including the NBA Finals, and Bet Online has all of your sports wagering needs from the NBA to the NHL to whatever baseball's marquee matchups and you smell that that's the National Football League right around the corner and bet online has all the latest odds news and information for all your online sports betting needs if you're not online betting on sports what are you doing with your life visit the website today bet online use your mobile device and join and receive a 50% welcome bonus just for being friends with JT and Looney you get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit so before the next tip-off face off or pitch head over to bet online and start playing today bet online your online sportsbook experts okay see if i can push the right button and bring up jt wish me luck all righty then (laughs) wow wow You got it back (laughs) from Elmira, huh? Yeah, the 607. I was in Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Elmira, New York, the Finger Lakes. I felt like uh, Willie Nelson on a world tour.
1: Was it vacation or was it work uh, trying to get everywhere and fit everyone in?
0: Oh, well, it was a little of both because when you're at the Finger Lakes, there was some, you know, kicking back and having a cocktail and looking at the lake. But uh, it was trying to fit everyone in, feeling guilty that you didn't spend enough time. I wish each loved one spent time with my godsons in D.C., Uh, a friend of mine who was uh, in home hospice. I knew I I I, I knew I would be the last time I saw that friend. You don't always get that privilege. Uh, You know, you never know the last time you're going to see somebody unless you do. And uh, I got to see him on Thursday and Tuesday. And uh, and then he died on Friday.
1: Wow. Uh, What was that?
0: Well, uh, we all knew it was coming. Uh, He had been battling cancer for five, six, seven years and just was too exhausted to continue. And every time he would go to chemotherapy and get rid of a tumor, another one would pop up somewhere else in his body. And so a lot of times I guess what people do is they go home now and they put on their phenythyl patches And uh, they die with dignity in their own living room. And so it was uh, it was um, yes, it was rough, but it was also I was there to be some sunshine. And I felt like that was my job. And uh, I was also like I said, I felt as though it's not only a blessing to exist, period, but it's also a blessing when you know that you're seeing somebody for the last time. Because, you know, in life, a lot of times we just get that stunning phone call where. And then that's why I think sometimes people say things like, oh, I just saw him last Tuesday, because you're thinking of the last time you saw someone when you didn't know it was the last time. So, uh, you know, we got, I, there was plenty of joking around. I've always wondered what Oxycontin was like. So and he, in, his, in his final days, he only liked to eat chocolate. That was the only thing he could really hold down. And so I showed up and, and he had all these great, you know, expensive high end chocolates around. I said I'm here just here for your Oxycontin and your chocolate. <laughs> but we had a, we had a good time reminiscing. We were college roommates and uh, and I was happy to see him before he left the plane. And
1: you, and you got a chance to say goodbye which everybody right. one everybody in life would want that opportunity and right. you never know unless you're in this type of situation with hospice or at the end of someone's life where you just know in their 80s or late 90s that right see him again if you're not traveling coast to coast again where you could actually have quality time or maybe that's not the right word because the individual isn't in his best state but at least time to say goodbye
0: right and you know uh, some people were saying especially younger people in my life were saying oh i don't know if i want to know but uh, you know as americans sometimes we're not always as comfortable with that subject but as you know the first time i put on a little suit and tie to go to a funeral i was four and it was my father's so i think in in catholic uh in, in catholic life as you know going to wakes and funerals is just uh is a part of the game uh, a cold life and so uh you are maybe i have the advantage if that's the word of being more comfortable with the subject than others
1: did you see any insurrectionists in D.C.? Did you see anybody marching <laughs> on the Capitol? Did they have a new tour in D.C. where you can go? You know, I like to go to the Smithsonian and I like right. to go to the Jefferson Memorial and Martin Luther King and the monument. Did you? Did they have a new insurrectionist area where you can get hats and kind of just go stand around and say that's the window that was broken and that's where they breached first? So they have a tour set up yet
0: interesting you should ask that because uh we love round numbers and uh in in america this is the sixth month anniversary today as we tape this podcast of the insurrection but no didn't see any wacky insurrectionists saw some bernie bros that would, that would include my godson that's how he met his girlfriend she just figured he was some sexist guy and then uh when she found out he was a bernie bro then they fell in love but uh no it's the only politics that uh we talked about basically uh those young people for some reason love that bernie and uh so that's one thing growing up if you go back in the hot tub time machine i had uh, my aunt mary was wonderful and my mother's oldest uh, very odd oldest sister who had been in the army and worked at the pentagon never got married but we didn't talk about that <laughs> <laughs> that's that generation you just they didn't talk about such things how come aunt mary never got married she never found a husband past the mashed potatoes <laughs> that's as far as the conversation ever went but you know those uh, those aunts and uncles that God gives us who don't get married for whatever reason, wink, wink tend to be very generous. They don't have to buy any diapers. And my aunt Mary was incredibly generous. and we would go to see her almost every summer in Washington, DC. It is one of my favorite cities, just like you. I love the Smithsonian. I love all the monuments. You walk around our history is very young, but that this is who we are. And I love going there and and bathing in it. And, and, uh, it's will always be one of my favorite cities in the world.
1: Well, I just returned from Cabo.
0: Yeah. One of my favorite
1: countries in the world. Tell me about that. The history of Sammy Hagar and tequila, I guess, when you talk about the history (laughs) of our nation's capital, good time. My, here's how this trip went together. And I want to spend some time talking about it because It's the way I kind of want to travel going forward. Being in Vegas, you got to get out of Vegas in July and August. You must. Right. June, July and August. This year in June, we had two 115 days and a couple of 113s. But hockey is here now in Vegas. We have the Golden Knights, and they were a Final Four team. And they were playing a team, the Montreal Canadiens, who were average at best during the season. They weren't even a competitor. So I thought they were going to go to the Stanley Cup final. And I'm not going to miss the Stanley Cup in Vegas. Right. I go out of town, they're going to win. So we didn't book a vacation. And we had some stuff on the back end of July and August lined up. And when Vegas got eliminated, I looked at my wife and I said, well, there's two weeks of content gone on one of the two (laughs) Two guests and having Kenny Albert on and guys like Linda Cohn and talk hockey with. Just book a trip. And my wife, who's really good with technology, got online. And I said, She said, Where do you want to go? I said, Hawaii would be great, but it's, you know, kind of, we don't have enough time. We have five days. So let's go to Cabo. We haven't been back there in five or six years. So we went and she booked an all inclusive. Please mm-hmm. do all inclusive from here on out. In Mexico, it's pesos and it's dollars and it's your ATM machine. You don't just go all inclusive. We went all inclusive. The pool. Uh, the meals were included. It was great. It was, there was an adult resort. So there weren't loud screaming kids running around. And <laughs> it was fantastic. We did two couples massages, one in the spa, one on the beach, which was very nice. So I actually unplug, can't be on your phone. Can't be looking at tweets. Can't be in DMs when you're getting a couples <laughs> massage. And uh, it was great. I, I really relaxed and enjoyed Cabo and the Mexican people are fabulous fabulous people as always and just love tourism and want you to come back again so i was there from a uh, t- you know wednesday through a sunday and we flew back on the fourth of july which was really cool because it was a little bit of a tough travel because we booked it so late we had to connect through lax through cabo to lax coming back and that was the fourth of july at like nine thirty at night and when we took off from la I could see every home, every firework, all the way from L.A. to Barstow. Wow. After the desert, you know how it gets completely black in the desert at night. Right. As we flew over Vegas to just see fireworks popping all throughout Vegas and all those neighborhoods. I've never experienced that was pretty cool.
0: Yes. I've flown a couple of times on the July 4th holiday when I was younger. I would fly on the holiday because people don't fly on the day they want to be wherever they want to be on the day so that was uh, one of the tactics when we were younger before you can attack the internet and find cheaper rates uh, that I, I would fly on july 4th and come into la and it, yeah, it is amazing to look at from the sky so what what you're what you're saying there is the larger picture the headline is jt hates children and culture Yes, I you want, to, you want a... to stay. You want to stay in. The, could you? Would you ever go to Rome and recommend that no one leave their hotel, just stay in Rome and look at it out the window?
1: No, I would actually walk the Colosseum, Thank and walk you. the street, <laughs> That's a... the Vatican like we've done in the past. Yes,
0: but... I, I've done that too. I stay in old Rome and I enjoy the culture and maybe because I'm less uh nervous and because I speak Spanish, but I. Um, yeah i would i would recommend you say go all-inclusive i say if you go to another country stay in town
1: yeah i've been to cabo enough that i didn't want to i know the areas of cabo on the beach and the office and cabo wabo and there's a couple of places off the beaten path but this resort sandos was really nice because it was on the ocean but the back end of the property where we stayed was on the marina which is another thing i learned in life when you stay in any resort anywhere in the world on the beach You want to look at the beach. You want your room to look at the beach. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Here's
1: the problem now. I got something new for you. Once it gets dark, you can't see the beach and you can't see the ocean. It's pitch black. Right. So we had a room that overlooked the marina and all of Cabo. So at night, as we sat in our balcony, you just saw the lights of Cabo and the boats. It was gorgeous. And then when we got up in the morning, we went to the beach anyway. So we were oh, the- that's not bad. And so, I love so marinas
0: anyway. Idea. I love boats. So, yeah, I, so- I, I think there were some Irish fishermen in my family because whether it's a canoe or the Queen Mary and everything in between, I'm a boat guy. So, yeah, that's good advice too if you can't – let's <laughs> talk about white people advice. If you can't face the ocean, face the marina.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a way to say it. <laughs> because what's overrated at night is when you have an ocean view and it's dark. You can't see anything. Ah, so but you can hear it. I think it's you fun hear hear to it. fall it's asleep
0: to. Oh, yeah, my
1: God. God. Ah,
0: those oh, waves man. crashing at night. And then going through your head is something that a lot of other generations, you know, for generations, nobody worried about tsunamis. They didn't have any major tsunamis in the United States or the world, um, at least in previous generations. We've had a few uh, since in the new millennium. And so that goes through my head now. It didn't used to go. I wish it didn't. It didn't used to go through my head before.
1: What I liked also about uh, this Mexico trip is a couple of things. The I learned a couple of little nuggets for future travelers here. We should have a traveling podcast as much as we both traveled at this all inclusive. The only weakness is the level of alcohol because at all inclusive. You can't get top, top, top shelf. Mm -hmm. They don't have that at the pool. You know, they have all the other drinks, the tequilas and all that. So we met a couple from Long Beach, California, that Uh, told me that they bought their alcohol in town and then they gave it to the bartenders at the pool and they labeled it. So when they wanted their Tito's, they had their own bottle. uh, OK, they had their own bottle. So that's a nice lesson to learn in the future. If you ever go to Jamaica or the Dominicana or Cabo is that if you can bring your own alcohol to the room or to the pool, you get a higher quality and a better experience. I had to switch over to Tecate and Cerveza because the alcohol wasn't perfect, which was one thing. And then the other thing that I like about when you go to an all-inclusive too is you don't eat as much because I'm trying to, I told you on the one of our last podcasts now, I'm working out, I'm training more. That's great. And when you have all-inclusive, you think about what you're going to do to eat. Right. Don't sit there and have people, pound food at you all day because you're paying for it and it's all inclusive. So I thought it would be the opposite. I ate less on the trip because... I didn't want to ruin it. I didn't want to graze all day. I wanted to look forward to the meal like you do. You look forward to a meal. Yes. You talk about a meal a day or two in advance. <laughs> that was kind
0: of nice. On well, yeah, I think it's really important, uh, as you know, not to uh, not to graze uh, in life, especially the older you get. The older you get, it's uh, you got to be more and more careful what you eat. If you want to stay on the planet longer. And that's, as you know, that's my hundred year plan. I want to stay on the planet a hundred years and try to be healthy and aware the entire 100 years, although our awareness isn't always within our control. Uh, hopefully, there'll be better drugs for us when we get older so we don't lose our memories. But our, but our health is within our control, and what we eat is. And a lot of times for people over a certain age, they lo- you have to learn about nutrition young because for some reason there's, a, there's some kind of beta blocker in the brain <laughs> that once people get to a certain age, they can't relearn how to eat. I don't know what that is, but uh, so for some reason, nutrition, I guess like any language, nutrition is like a language. And it's uh, harder and harder to learn a new language the older you get. So that was smart that you did that. And it's great that I, I've been encouraging you to go to gyms, get a personal trainer. And, you know, you because you're you are an extremist. You will go all in on uh, on P90X. And what was the other one you did?
1: Uh, it was a version of P90X. Yeah, there
0: was P90X and another one, and you uh, you went all in 110%. And then when you were done with that, you went back to partying 110%. So you have to kind of balance it. You have to balance it a little 50-50 in your life. I'm glad you added some 50-50.
1: Yeah, so it was a nice trip, nice vacation. Did and you see
0: Sammy Hagar?
1: I went to Cabo Wabo. Sammy uh, wasn't in town. Sammy's uh, actually doing a lot in Vegas. He's working with Guy Fietti on a new tequila brand so he's been in vegas and he's got a residency coming up at the strat used to be the stratosphere but now we call it the strat okay and uh sammy will be in vegas a little bit more so we went to cabo wabo which was fun and my wife and i had a couple of drinks there and they just you know she we were laughing because we were predicting the next song because it's the same song track that you would expect (laughs) so Chico. Pour some sugar on me and then boom, pour some sugar. On oh, me. I know the those uh, the places. next song I'd go 5150 Van Halen, boom, 5150 comes up, <laughs> you know, it's so all that, but it was fun, it was fun walking the streets of Mexico. Oh, now this again, this is a podcast, mm-hmm. this is my radio shows, plural. So don't get mad at me, but I'm going to give you something that I that I enjoyed, which one of my friends, a DC guy, bit back on me in Mexico and Cabo. They have police officers who drive around in flatbed pickups with machine guns. <laughs> I know. So yes. They come around in machine guns that are mounted on a flatbed Ford F 250. And the police officers down there are in armor. So Cabo's much more touristy and safer than Cancun. Just Google it, and you can see the violence in Cancun and some other Mexican cities more so. Cabo's super, super safe for all the reasons, all these Mexican tourist towns should be safe. If they're not safe, no one's going to come back and visit. Right. We got to keep it safe. And we were walking. And I said to my wife, I go, how do you feel about that? I mean, do you feel safer seeing the federales in helmets and bulletproof vest on a mounted flatbed with a machine gun over the side? Or do you feel more concerned And unsafe because if something breaks out, those machine guns (laughs) kind of spray the wrong area. And we just talked about that for a second. And I wondered out loud, how come in really rough neighborhoods in America, we don't have police officers who are on flatbeds with machine guns. And I stopped and paused and said, because we're America. And that really, really, really freak people out in Chicago where we can't stop gun violence. We just can't. We can't figure it out. Our president was from there. We have people there trying to figure it out. They just can't figure it out. The mayor, the president, the senators, the state senators. And I wondered what that would look like at one in the morning. And it hit me like a ton of bricks, excuse the pun, but that wouldn't be allowed here in the United States of America.
0: There is no, did you see the July 4th violence statistics? There's no reason to single out Chicago. We can't figure out our own culture anywhere from golf courses Oh. To oh, from from sea to oily sea, the July Fourth, the long July Fourth weekend, statistics in terms of gun violence in America are uh, were just very very depressing. It is something that we're losing control over, and once you lose the narrative about you know even if it's not true, as you know, because if you repeat something that's false. Uh, you can lose a narrative. But this is true about our country. With the gun violence that goes on, you know, around the world, they don't understand that. If we're supposed to be, if America is supposed to be so great, and people do want to come here so badly. Um, you know, careful what you wish for. If you think we have too many immigrants, we're not going to be a place that people want to come to if this continues. And you don't want to live in a country that no one wants to come to. I always said that if immigration is a problem, that the blessing is you have such a great country, everyone wants to live in it. And uh, in when, when those statistics that keep exploding about violence in our country and mass shootings every day, they don't have that in other cultures. They don't have a you know, we can, if you look up mass shootings, it's just the list goes on and on. We're going to have a country that nobody wants to come to. And who wants to live in a country that nobody wants to come to? And that you know, no one wants to go to Syria right now, uh, for the same reason that some people are leaving this country. There's too much violence, and we've got to get a hold of ourselves. Look in the mirror, and uh, and figure it out. And in you know, the homeless problem, a- a the same thing. If we can't. We have to stop finger pointing and saying, "Well, okay." L- l- let's just give this, Your Honor. You know, the blue states and the blue, the big blue cities run by Democrats have are overrun with with homeless people. And the the red states run by Republicans are mired in poverty. Okay, fine. Those are two facts. Now, get the politics out of the way and figure out why and how we can fix it rather than t- talking to e- at each other like professional wrestlers when it comes to talking about politics. And you and I never did that to each other, except we, we love the volume. But, okay, give the uh, concede points to each other and then roll up our sleeves and take care of these problems.
1: Fourth of July shootings across the country killed more than 180 people. Yeah. According to CBS News and NPR, both coming in with that number. And again, it's insanity what's going on in this country. On a lighter note, I also had an epiphany as I traveled to and from Mexico.
0: Oh, an epiphany. I love it. I love your epiphanies.
1: Yes. As you can tell, as we do the podcast, I'm drinking a cup of coffee, no milk, no sugar. Oh, good. Over the black. And I noticed I was very aware of coffee habits on this trip. And what I learned first is when we left Vegas, our flight was 6 a.m. 6 a.m. because we wanted to get a full day in Cabo. So we got to Las Vegas uh, airport and McCarran airport and it was 4 30 in the morning and the coffee line wasn't open. Right. Who's uh, Who's at the airport right in the morning? Well, it opened up at five. Starbucks opened at five and I looked at the line and I didn't want to get on the line because there was about 15, 20 people online. You know, we're going to board here in about 15 minutes. And I said, no, I want to get a coffee. So I went back and I saw the line and I came back to my wife and I said, how many people you think are on that line? Ballpark. And she looked at the line and said, I don't know. I, she said probably 40 people. I went, you know me, how weird I could be. I went and counted every person with my finger. Uh I went to the side and counted. There was 83 people online. Wow. 520 in the morning to get a coffee. Okay, so let's stop there for a second. So I didn't get my coffee. I landed in Mexico. We went to the hotel, had some lunch. Next day, we have some coffee, and I'm noticing in this beautiful resort I'm in that they have this coffee place outside. The facility supposed to have great coffee, and I went there, too, and the line was building. I was sixth or seventh on line. And then when I flew back, <clears throat> I flew back from the trip, I noticed a coffee line at LAX. So here's my theory on coffee. Everybody will spend the maximum amount of money when they have a coffee. Mm -hmm. You buy a diamond ring, you shop for it. If you buy a car three times in your life, brand new, you'll shop for it. Women, sorry, women, if we were doing a segment on beard, (laughs) I wouldn't include you. We're doing a segment (laughs) on coffee. Women are out of their minds ordering coffee. They get in line, they don't look, and then they get to the front to the barista. And then they order in their mind what the most expensive thing is, because the cheapest thing is going to be $2.95, $3, right? The most expensive thing max could be $6, right? Maybe seven for one order. So they go all in. And I wrote this down at the airport. If you have a moment, if I can get to this and I sat there and I went and I, I wondered what they were ordering and they were ordering lattes, Cappuccinos, espresso, americanas, caramel macchiatos, mocha, mocha blanco, flat white lattes, and macchiatos, caramel, cocoa cloud, chocolate mexicanos, and on top of that, they were getting. I'll go to the frappuccinos, espresso, caramel, mocha, mocha blanco, chip, frappuccinos, and all the chai lattes. So the point was the line builds, it fucking builds and the line, they can't keep up. So the barista is, is under pressure at five in the morning and at six at night because the women come to the front of the line and they don't choose until they get to the barista and then they overspend because it's a luxury item and it ruins the whole experience. And it does for a lot
0: of people. It's like the person who calls uh, calls up Domino's and Domino's Pizza, can I take your order? Oh, what are we getting, guys? What do you want on it? And the people the, who call the pizza place and then haven't made up their mind ahead of time what they want. And part of the joy for others, not you and me, at, uh, at coffee houses is the standing in line part. You and I were both kings in another life <laughs> we we would go to a more expensive place just not to have to stand in line uh or we've both learned how to cut lines but in part of the you know in van Gozier or in venice I had a very successful restaurant and gallery it started out as a coffee house so we kind of kept that style and standing in line we had a whole it would go all the way outside people standing in line is part of the socialization and enjoyment for some people for a lot of people to uh when it comes to a coffee house or a starbucks and i can't relate to that at all as you can't because the stand. hey i I, don't i don't like standing in lines and some people apparently do it's the coffee house culture it's all part of it and that's why it was better to own the coffee house than to stand in line and one
1: <laughs> The takeaway that i want everybody to get out of this podcast god change your life when you get in line at an airport for coffee or any place where there's a long line watch the women get so excited as they're two three back ready to get to the front and money is no object that's my point not so oh. much what they order they are going to order to the maximum of their ability. They are going to open up their pocketbooks and wallets or pay on their Apple Watch. They're going to do all those things, and they're going to get the most expensive difficult coffee it is to make that takes the most amount of time because they believe they have the right this is their moment they're not getting a diamond ring they're not getting a new dress they're not getting a new car they're not buying a new house they're getting a fucking coffee and they're gonna spend 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 as much as they can take their time because they believe they're entitled to get that best experience man and it really got in my head
0: My brother, consumer advocate, retired at 42, started with a bank account at at, at 22 of probably close to zero, retired at 42. And of the things that people waste, you've already mentioned at least two out of three. The things that people waste the majority of their money on in America is, in no particular order, uh, coffee, cars, they pay off their car and they congratulate themselves by getting another one rather than not having enjoying the fact that they don't have any payments on their car and uh number three water bottled water we our culture our entire world culture worked centuries to perfect getting water into town getting clean drinking water into town and the cities and counties and municipalities are so proud and work so hard at providing us with clean water that's usually on average around America a half a penny a gallon so it's a penny for 2 gallons but for some reason people would rather pay a dollar 39 a gallon because they have a pretty picture of a mountain on the side of on the side of a jug that says bottled water when in fact there is nothing illegal about you and I opening up a bottled water company and taking the city water, putting it in a bottle, putting a picture of a mountain on a bottle and saying, here's your bottle of water and charging a dollar for it, even though it just cost us a half a penny to put that water in the bottle. So uh, the consumer advocate portion of the show, you're right. People are spending too much time, too much money in line at coffee houses.
1: Finally, we get to the NBA preview of the NBA Finals. This was your nightmare scenario. It's a nightmare <laughs> scenario for anyone in sports talk radio. This oh my is god. a nightmare
0: scenario. Those super teams. We we'd rather bitch about the super teams and have them in the finals than have Milwaukee and Phoenix in the finals. Let's, oh
1: my god! Let me throw some shade back there for a second because Milwaukee is a super team, and here's why. Okay, they okay. Have the two, they have the two-time MVP and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Okay, okay. The globally he's arguably the greatest player in the world. I'll still give that to Durant and LeBron. Still give that that to Durant. But, you know, Giannis has already got two MVPs. So I said this on the air. I said, look, we're all expecting Giannis to be in the NBA finals at some point, right? I mean, Barkley, Malone, Stockton, Ewing, everybody who didn't win, they at least went to the finals. And then the guys, Bird, Magic, and Kobe and Shaq, everybody else who won multiple, Duncan and the Spurs, they went so many times. So Giannis is going to go. He's there now, and he's going to go again in the future, hopefully not with Milwaukee, hopefully with my Knicks. (laughs) (laughs) He leaves Milwaukee because he doesn't want to live in Milwaukee. Then they have an unbelievable player in Chris Middleton, who's an assassin, who can go for 40 any night, but then he can start a game 0 for 9. They also have Drew Holiday, who is a great defending guard who can score. Fantastic player. I think the whole country is going to watch Drew Holiday over the next six or seven games and go, wow. I have a new appreciation for him. Yep. And then on the Phoenix side, they've been bad for so long. Awful owner and Robert Sarva, who was terrible for so long. He kind of got out of the way. They got Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, who was taken number one. He's playing like the center that we all dreamed of, a center who will put his ass on the low block. Oh, bottom. you love that. Yeah, you love, love that type of football. Like Basketball, like, so do I. Yeah. yeah, you know, he got everything but Kareem Skyhook at a young age. And, you know, the Chris Paul story, Jay Crowder, Everything they have. So there's a lot of good players, but nine All-Stars, nine All-Stars in the playoffs were injured. So you can go to Kyrie Harden, Durant, Giannis, who is doubtful in game one as we produced this podcast. Anthony and come- Davis and
0: LeBron James.
1: Right, and go down the list of everybody who's been hurt. So as we spent a lot of time on this podcast, before we make a prediction on the series, most people that I've talked to, or at least half the people don't watch the NBA anymore. It's alarming. It really is. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it's because of woke and politics and this and that, and they're not comfortable with athletes speaking as much all bullshit. I love the game and I love the history of the game, but there's a lot of people that aren't watching. So I'm wondering if you think people are going to tune in to see the brilliance of Giannis and the backstory of Monty Williams, who lost his wife and the friendship with Chris Paul and, Devin Booker, who Kobe Bryant looked at when he initially saw him and said, wow, you're going to be great. I'm going to mentor you. What do you think?
0: Well, I do think that there's every so often, you know, we had that in baseball when there was the strike. People said they were never coming back. And now we still set records for attendance in Major League Baseball year in and year out at a lot of different stadiums. And sometimes combined, when you combine all the stadiums, we've had some record years recently so people do come back so set that aside for a second I, although you get annoyed when I say set that aside you, you think that's a big deal but I I don't people people will come back what people are doing with the NBA uh, people can try to make it about politics but this happened across the board in our culture people aren't going back to their jobs not because their jobs are gone they their jobs are still there they're not going back just like some people aren't going back to the nba not necessarily because of politics because they didn't miss it as much they didn't miss it or they didn't like it as much as they thought we learned to like other things appreciate other things we've reevaluated our lives during covid and a lot of people uh said well wow, i didn't miss sports as much as i thought i would and i didn't miss my stupid job as much as i thought i would And so I'm going to do some other job or not work uh, and try to get away with that or do what I want for a living. So a lot of people are reevaluating a lot of different things. And that's also happened with sports record, low ratings across the board. And sometimes people will try to be uh, I think it's narrow minded just to say it's politics. Aha, because we want a simple answer. But I think it's a much more complex answer why people aren't watching as much sports in general. And I think a lot of it is COVID related.
1: Phoenix is a big market. It's a really big sprawl. It's a lot like LA. It's not LA, the number two market, but Phoenix massive. It's growing.
0: Loves itself.
1: It's just, it's big. And they got a great basketball tradition. They've had great basketball players for the entire existence of that team. The Thunder Dan, the Barkley era, but they've been a team in a long drought for a long time, so I think that story of Chris Paul. This is the Chris Paul moment. It's Giannis versus Chris Paul. If Chris Paul, who was, you know, blocked by David Cern for playing for your Lakers and yeah. had multiple rings by now, then was a Clipper, and the Clippers were never good, even though he had a decent team with Blake Griffin.
0: That was, was the most fun Clipper board. team ever.
1: Yeah, that was Lop, you know, City, and they were able yep. to do all that. They were fun then he goes to use Oklahoma city went to Oklahoma city because people thought he was done. He was done. Right. Not even an issue. We played great. I saw him play a game in Oklahoma city. <laughs> when I visited my son, he was fabulous. Then he went back into the hot tub time machine. He got a little bit younger for whatever reason, maybe Dr. Galela, or oh. hey, I don't know. He just looks great. And Did younger. he go over
0: to Germany and have him shake his blood a little bit?
1: Maybe? I don't know. He decided to lose some weight and play thinner and, play more up-tempo, and now he has an opportunity to be a world champion and is the head of the union and the guy who has all the State Farm commercials. Really sharp guy. This is a legacy moment for him. Yep. He doesn't want to be bunched in with Barkley, Malone, Stockton, Ewing, the greatest of all time to never get a ring. If he gets a ring here, this elevates him as one of the all-time greats with a ring. And as I always told you and everyone listening, you only need one ring. You don't need six for six like Jordan. You, don't have, you can lose in the finals right. like LeBron, but you got to get one, and this is that moment for Chris Paul. And he'll get one down the road if he doesn't get it here, but this is his last chance.
0: And I feel bad for the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, the last time they were uh, in the NBA Finals, the last time they won the NBA Finals, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was their center, and, and he did the right thing. He won one for that city and then moved to L.A., uh will Giannis do the same thing if the bucks win will Giannis say okay i will have a red carpet here in milwaukee forever and you won't hate on me like they did lebron for leaving cleveland for a short period of time hey, Paul,
1: they did look we just saw a guy do it in Kauai in toronto Kauai went to toronto delivered the first ever basketball championship in canada for one year left for the money and go to la and he's a god and will always be in canada it's a great point by you Giannis. they built this they built an arena for him they yeah. built they built an arena for him if he wins a championship eventually he will leave to move on. but there's no Giannis has
0: charisma Kawhi leonard is an enigma Kawhi leonard i've always said we always joked about you could have you could bring any guy in off the street and say Kawhi leonard joins us <laughs> because his voice we barely know his voice he doesn't have you know some speakers talk about finding their voice and motivational speakers and people who speak for a living talk about finding their voice and talk show hosts finding their voice Kawhi Leonard never really found a voice we don't people barely know what his voice sounds like we have the goofy laugh but that's about in our head but that's about it he's a strange cat in the way that he sneaks in and out of town and doesn't uh, create a lot of fanfare for himself. Does he have a Dwight Howard type of syndrome going on where uh, he's been the center of attention for a team and he doesn't like it. And he would rather be the number two or the number three man and not have all the pressure on him. I think so.
1: Well, for, for Giannis going forward, he's so young. It's like Luka Doncic. They're yeah. so young that I think if they can catch the ring early, then they could figure out where they want to go. But these guys all signed super max deals and then they forced their way out. Anthony Davis had time left on his new Orleans contract. He was able to get traded. Giannis signed the supermax to stay in Milwaukee. If he doesn't want to be there, he can force his way out. But, you know, back to this NBA finals, I'm going to watch it. I hope it's entertaining. There's a lot of good basketball players on this court. I like the big man matchup, but it's marred with the big story of Giannis not being at a hundred percent. So Phoenix was able to go through everyone, everyone on their journey with a major injury on the opponent. And yeah, no one's going to care, no one's going to care, you know, two, three years from now or 10 years from now, if Phoenix has that banner in downtown Phoenix. And they say, well, you know, Kawhi was out and it was just Paul George or, you know, this guy was out when they played. Donovan Mitchell was hurt or whatever it was. No one's going to care. That, that doesn't
0: matter. You're right. Or, that you they, that they can't take that banner down once they have it. And people will, uh, you know, those type of things happen every year. Uh, this year, though, it has seemed to happen. And, you know, LeBron James did predict that. He said there's going to be more injuries if you start the season too soon. But I think David Stearns probably, uh, I'm sure they all discussed that in their corner office. And then they realized also, well, how long are we going to have a weird schedule? You know, the weird COVID schedule. how long are we going to have nba finals in october so he decided he didn't want that and uh and so you know so i don't i don't blame him but it does suck to have so many great guys because you, know, you and i both love basketball and at times didn't you say it is your favorite sport yeah, it's you always that over my
1: the- favorite sport. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've always loved the NBA. I, I don't Me talk too. About oh. NBA. And yeah, we're all yeah. going to watch more because we have the tension of Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor. <laughs> the tension <laughs> in the background because yes. of this story that exploded. It was the number one trending story on the 4th of July. Wow. Not, not England with Harry Kane in the European <laughs> Championship for Soccer, a global story. Not Giannis. It was Rachel Nichols because... Rachel Nichols said something a year ago on an open microphone that she wasn't aware of to a LeBron James confidant about Maria Taylor all of a sudden starting to get some work and some of the work possibly being hers. And now we have a massive, massive ESPN controversy brewing with two women. One's white, one's black, and they're both trying to fight to keep their space. And look, I don't think it's the end of the world here. I think they both do a great job. Yeah, they do. Nichols is really good. Maria Taylor is really good. And, you know, Nichols said she was frustrated and was unloading to a friend about the ESPN process, not about Maria, but she added, quote, my own intentions in that conversation and the opinions of those in charge at ESPN are not the sum of what matters here. So she's backtracking all of this because of what she said. And all she said was she's insecure. Someone's coming for her job. Someone's really good. She was talking about it in a private conversation and ended up being recorded. And now people are throwing kerosene on it. Trying Some are trying to make it racial. Others are trying to say that, you know, this is someone who is bitter about someone coming up and maybe taking more of her work away. I think it's getting a little bit blown out of proportion, but it's going to be a big backdrop to this NBA finals big.
0: Uh, it is It is going to be, and you're so right about the, and it's not just girls. We know that, you know, the, the girl at the prom and another woman, another girl shows up in the same dress. And instead of celebrating the fact that they have the same taste They get really, really upset. And in in broadcasting, one of the things I found the most disappointing when I got hired at KFWB, give us 22 minutes, we'll give you a big fat headache. I was the the sports guy, the new sports guy there. Their program director decided he wanted to add more personality to the all-news station. And uh, as part of the sports process, he hired Big Joe McDonald and me. Uh, as two of the new sports guys. And when I got there, I was like Chris Farley you know, on Saturday Night Live was so excited to be there. Hey, isn't this fun? And but didn't realize there was so much backbiting and and elbowing uh, going on, which he refused to be part of. I was really surprised at uh, the lack of warmth that Big Joe and I were greeted with. You know, the the non-personality people were very upset with the new personality people <laughs> KFWB. And they were being, they were being they were all being Rachel Nichols worried about as if they were Rachel Nichols was worried that because someone else was getting work, she was getting less. She was acting like it was pizza. You know, people do that with civil rights. If you give somebody else more civil rights, I'm going to lose some of my pizza. And civil rights isn't pizza. And the workplace isn't pizza. Somebody isn't getting your work. They're getting work. And she has plenty of it. But we've all known broadcasters, male and female throughout our lives, who get upset that other people get gigs that they're too busy to take
1: anyway. Yeah, And for Rachel Nichols, she has the right to do this. But when you're talking about the bigger picture is she was talking to a LeBron James consultant. So the way some of the media people are playing this out, and I don't think they're wrong is to say, you know, ESPN, one of their biggest NBA insiders, who was Rachel Nichols, is dealing and saying this to a LeBron James confidant. She wants to get LeBron James eventually on. She has to have a relationship. How does ESPN treat LeBron James when it comes to Hong Kong and China Mm -hmm. and what he was doing in the some of the controversial issues and stances that he makes? So it really just ties in media. But I'm always uncomfortable talking about women. I talk about women more endearing and differently than I do men. Because it's just out of the respect I have for women. And it's
0: always been you, unless you're talking about how they act at a coffee house, you're always
1: <laughs> on their side. Yes, they get their $6 Frappuccino shot. Uh, uh. But the issue becomes here to me, the big issue, and it's a really big issue, is how the men react to this. And my wife told me about this as we were traveling on the 4th, and then I looked at the comments. And what some of these scumbag trolls.
0: Oh, I know. I keep I telling died. you not to look at the comments.
1: Yep. Guys in there, uh. was in the basement. His mom's saying, hey, your grilled cheese is ready. And your <laughs> can of tomato soup come out of the basement and put your video game down. Come on up. These guys are leaving just despicable responses to Rachel Nichols. And she didn't commit a crime. She was having a private conversation that was recorded, which she wasn't aware of. And then I got leaked. So I don't agree with everything she said. She's insecure. She's worried about her job. She doesn't want anybody gender-wise or race-wise if she doesn't like ESPN's hiring ways and all of them. She doesn't have to like them all, but she should keep it to herself. She works for ESPN, the worldwide leader. That got out. And she basically said, look, if an African-American reporter and a female, I'm a female, is going to come into my space, not my space. You go over there. If you want to go about it this way with diversity and hire a woman and put her in another position and you want the company to be more diverse and do it that way, I'm great with that on television, on the jump. Just don't come into my space and come after my piece of the pie. And that got out there. I think it's a terrible look. I think I hope she keeps her job. But I think this could cost her a contract extension. Oh
0: yeah,
1: with the company down the
0: road because it didn't bring the, the uh, it didn't bring the company good publicity. Uh, I guess maybe her agent's argument would be that more people know her name now than ever. As you, then they could point to the worldwide tweets uh, that for someone who works for the worldwide leader and spin it that way. And, I, and I, I loved her apology on television, where she said, in journalism class, uh, in journalism class, they say, never become the story. And I thought to myself, well, I never took that class.
1: <laughs> she said that in her 27-second apology. Yes, yeah. Her 27-second yes. apology, which will include right here. So the first
0: thing they teach you in journalism school is, don't be the story. And I don't plan to break that rule today or distract from a fantastic finals. But I also don't want to let this moment
1: pass without saying how much I respect, how much I value our colleagues here at ESPN, how deeply, deeply sorry I am for disappointing those I hurt, particularly Maria Taylor, and how grateful I am to be part of this outstanding team. As you can tell, that was only 27 seconds and everybody said, for something this big? It's not at ESPN.com. I did five hours of radio yesterday. This is one of the biggest stories. I couldn't read about it at ESPN.com because the company doesn't want to talk about it. So I had to go to Awful Announcing or Deadspin or a lot of other websites to talk more about this. And a lot of people want to talk about it because we know these people. They're in our homes and we're sports fans. And Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor are involved. Now Maria Taylor will work The sidelines for the ABC broadcast there and the cool the weird thing is supposedly Maria Taylor doesn't want Rachel Nichols on her show and Rachel has to pre record and they can't have any conversation so seems like the update on the story on July 6 is that Maria Taylor is ghosting Rachel Nichols. And whenever women ghost each other, I, w- I walk by the housewives. My wife watches the housewives. <laughs> whenever they, whenever women ghost each other, it's only a matter of time before they start throwing <laughs> champagne at each other in restaurants. And- <laughs> the table or ghosting each other.
0: That's why my mother, as a first grade teacher, liked boys better because they didn't grudge. You know, they, they didn't hold grudges as long. And uh, that's the way you know, guys can get in a fist fight and buy each other a beer on the same day. But that's, uh, that gets tough when women start ghosting each other. You're right. Hey, and Maria Taylor didn't want, hey, there's a bigger there's a bigger rule in journalism. Don't make someone else uh, part of your drama. And so Maria Taylor got dragged into this uh, by the Rachel Nichols gossip. And the largest picture, the, the, the big picture there that you can take away from it, the big picture advice that you can take away from this is stop talking about people. There's uh, even though that's what you and I have done for so many years, but we're doing it within the context of sports. But if you're talking about anything else in life, we, it's so much easier to talk about people because we are all deeply flawed, even the angels and and saints among us. Uh, they don't have a, they don't have wings and halos. They are deeply flawed, flawed fellow human beings. But the one way you can always avoid this type of drama is to stick with talking about. L- topics other than people i've worked with some wonderful people i think of uh, jim mora coach jim mora the former saints and colts a uh, coach who uh, uh who we worked with at fox sports radio if we were hanging out together like during commercials and talking if the con if the uh, if gossip came up about people jim mora would stop participating and then go look at the computer or look at his phone and do something else Uh, He would talk. He was a great, gregarious, fun person, interested in everything, son of a film editor, loved to talk about movies. But if you started talking about people, um, other people in the workplace, he would just stop. Another guy, Marcel Hall, would just stop if the conversation was about gossip and people. And that's the way to be, because you avoid yourself a lot of issues in life, as Rachel could tell us, if you talk about things other than people.
1: I would have the Bucks in six if Giannis was 100% healthy. He is not. I'll go Bucks in seven. I think most people uh, are going to pick Phoenix to win the series. So I'll go Milwaukee in seven, which means I'll have to win on the road. But I-, I think Giannis will be better by then and healthier. I think they go down early in the series. Giannis gets healthier, and we go to seven Bucks in seven. How do you wow, have Wow,
0: you picked the Bucks in seven. First of all, when you were going to say six, I was I was thinking of our great tweeter, Jagged Mark over the years, who used to just hang on every word we said. He was very observant about us. It was interesting who once tweeted to me and said, "JT picks somebody in six. It's always six. It's always six. like that." Was a flaw of some kind. <laughs> so he almost picked him in six there. I just think the Phoenix Suns are too loaded, and Giannis and Tacumpo is uh, is too hard. You know, p- abnormally large people have abnormal health problems. And so I don't think we were worried about uh, we Laker fans were worried about Anthony Davis getting back and he couldn't too big. You're making the mistake of getting too excited about the shiny object called Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, he's a Ferrari uh, normally, but right now he's damaged goods. He's more like a Chevy Vega. So, uh. (laughs) What the Suns are going to do is they're going to keep doing what they've been doing offensively and defensively. And We don't like to talk about defense, no matter what sport it is. But it was Mark Twain and Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's court who first said defense wins championships. And the Suns are outscoring their opponents and continuing to give up the least amount of points of any team in the playoffs. Phoenix Suns in seven.
1: Phoenix in seven. Yep. Thanks for podcasting with us, everyone. Leave a comment and please share. If I could turn back time.
0: Wow, you listened to the whole podcast. Thank you. JT and Looney Podcast is powered by Believe and um, oh, Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Had trouble with the teleprompter. I had to think for myself there for a second. It was awful. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.